Hello and welcome to episode 14 of the Stu and Al pod. I'm Al. I'm Stu. Now, you may have noticed that Stu sounds a little bit poorly there. Stu, do you want to tell, do you want to tell the listeners why you're a little bit poorly? Yes. Uh, last week, I tested positive for the coronavirus or COVID-19 and I'm halfway through a 10-day period of isolation. So Stu's not... 100%, but he wants to do the podcast because it's yeah. the only shining light in his life at the moment. Now, still, <laughs> I heard that you contracted the virus by sharing a bath with our old head teacher. And now there are rumours going around on social media. I just want to ask you if that's true or not. No, it was um, a shower, not a bath. <laughs> oh. Which head teacher was it, primary or secondary? Primary. Oh, even worse. <laughs> so, Stu, it's you know, how are you feeling? How are you? Fe- I'm gonna be nice. How are you feeling? You're right. No, I'm not great, mate. I've lost all sense of smell. I've got a constant dry cough. I've been feverish. Although that's slowly calming down now. I've been aching everywhere. Headaches. All right. Oh, feeling weak, tired. It's honestly, it's the worst like illness virus I've ever had. Yeah. I'd hope never get it again. Now. I we might have a bit of banter about this, but we do realise that you know Corona is a very serious topic. But we are just having a bit of a joke. We're, we're, we're obviously Stu's taking this very serious. We are taking it very seriously, and I have sent Stuart some nice messages as well. Yeah, as, that's true. Yeah, so yes. um, if we're having a bit of a laugh, we apologise if it's offending anyone. Stu, um, this week I haven't got a special guest, but I wanted to tell you about a new bathroom that I've had fitted. If you don't right. mind? Yeah, so I, I um. Got in contact with this new company that I found on the internet. Um, I'm going to put the the link on social media because I think people want to check it out. And they're basically a European com- company, and you can mm. choose um, a style of bathroom from anywhere in in Europe. And what they'll do is they'll set they'll send two people to fit your bathroom who are actually originally from that country, so they can sort of you know all the artistic sort of stuff, and it's very it's very like the kind of country the bathrooms in those countries. So I was looking at different ones and there was Italy and Spain that was most interesting because they had some really nice sort of uh, features and things like that to it. But I went with a, a, a Spain-themed bathroom, Stuart. It's Spanish. absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, and they had two blokes pop over, okay? Um, they were mm. both originally from Spain. I think one was from uh, Madrid and one was from um, Barcelona. <laughs> and then wow, they fitted the bathroom and it was absolutely beautiful. They did the tiling, they painted, they put all the things in. And he said at the end, he said, hey, hey uh, what do you think of the bathroom? That's the worst Spanish accent ever. I apologize. Oh, Spanish? Yeah. And um, I said, oh, I really like it. I said, the bath is absolutely beautiful the way you've done that. It's absolutely stunning. I love it. The tiling, absolutely fantastic. The toilet is just beautiful. I said, the only thing I'm a bit wary of is, is the wash basin. I'm not quite sure why you've put it in the middle of the bathroom. And he said, ah, no one expects the Spanish sink position. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I had that joke about, you know, straight after the last record of the podcast, I thought of that joke. And I've been holding on to it for ages thinking about this. It's weird you say that because I'm speaking of presidents. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Current President Trump. I say current because he's about out now, isn't he? Go, go, Joe. <laughs> well, well anyway. hold on a second. Let's have a little bit of context on here. 
Oh no, go Kanye, Kanye, because he's in the running, isn't he? Yeah, go Kanye, I guess. But, all right. Anyway, but uh, apparently President Trump has just banned shredded cheese. Oh no. Yeah, because he wants to make America great again. Oh god, brilliant. <laughs> so, still, you're not drinking this week, are you? No alcohol for you. No, no, I can't. I don't think I should. I've got a lovely big bottle of Australia, which you said looks like a big bottle of wine. It did look like wine on the camera. I've got this this um this new thing called H two O. H two O. Comes in like a flask. And it's Hell like, no. <laughs> keeps me hydrated and helps me on that road to recovery. Excellent. Well, that's the formalities to get over with, Stu. Let's begin with top three. Top three. So, top three. Uh, I know we always explain what usually happens here, but you should know by now what we do. We pick something, well, we pick three things that we like about a certain subject. But it's a bit special this week, isn't it, Al? It is very special this week, because we've got a special guest on, Stu. Now, we here at the Stu and Al pod... We like to make listeners' dreams come true. And this week, we have made Chris Conrath's dream come true because he's always wanted to be on the podcast. And today, he's on. So, hello, Chris. Hello, gents. Hello, fellow listeners. Uh, I mean, dreams coming true, stretching it a bit there, Al. It feels a bit more like Jim will fix it, to be honest. <laughs> it's nice to actually have somebody else on the podcast that's not a silly voice done by me or Stu. So... <laughs> It's nice to be here, guys. It's an honour and a privilege to have been invited on, and I'm sure this is a memory that will stay with me until at least lunchtime. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So, Stu... Let, let was... us do the jokes, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I've got a whole script here. I, you know. <laughs> That's more than we'll ever have. So, Stu, it was your choice for top three last week. What did you choose? Uh, top three Motown songs. Excellent. So, I don't know about you two, but I found this... So, so difficult. I didn't realise how much I love Motown until I went back and started. I listened to a a top 100 Motown hits and every song I was writing down thinking, this is one of the best. And then the next one, no, this one's the best. And I just found it so, so difficult. So my top three three is I think would change. They could change tomorrow. They could change in the next hour. So Yeah, same, pretty much the same. I mean, I think I changed my list a couple of times. Uh, It was hard to settle. I had it to like a top 10, and then it was a struggle to whittle it down from there, but got there in the end. Chris, how did you get on? I got on okay. Um, I mean, you say you did a top 10. It's only a top three, Stu. Yeah. So you only need to think of three. Um, I I just, as soon as you said it on the last pod, my three, I knew immediately. Um, I am I am blessed with the gift of not procrastinating. <laughs> See, that's my problem. That's and I, my songs kept changing, and then in the end, two of them um, are not uh, because I love them as songs, but then they also are linked to films that I love as well. So I think that made it easier to pick two. And then one of mine is linked to the film I love as well. We might have the same sort of thing, right? Uh, Got to marry each other. <laughs> <laughs> we are first dance. So, Chris, you're a, a guest on the show. Would you like to go first with your number three? Number three, yeah. Okay, so I have picked the classic Marvin Gaye track, What's Going On. Ah, oh, good, good song, good song. Um, for, for me, from the album of the same title, What's Going On, it's his best album for me. Um, 
and yeah just an absolutely cracking song i'm gonna just hit you with a fact about the song if i may because yeah. i know you like to do a little fact about your yeah, top three so so what's going on is is often misconstrued as being a protest song and actually um the writer well actually um ronaldo benson one of the four tops members mm -hmm. um was witnessing an act of police brutality um during an anti-war protest and he thought to himself um you know what's going on what's happening here and so when he went back to detroit um the motown songwriter al cleveland wrote and composed a song based on a conversation he'd had with um, ronaldo about this experience this witnessing of police brutality um and when the song was sent to the four tops originally they rejected it as being a protest song they didn't want to do a protest song and um benson was like no man it's a love song about love and understanding i'm not protesting i want to know what's going on and i i just really like that so the ah, four tops cool. rejected it and then mm. benson during a, a game of golf with marvin gay offered him the song and the rest as they say so that's 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 a proper fact about something isn't it We've been doing it wrong all this time. That's the proper yeah, fact. Man. <laughs> I, I'm looking at my facts now and they're fucking shit. Your facts my get worse. Oh, all right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Cheers, Chris. I just like that. It's great. That's a really good story. It's, that's really cool. Mm. That's uh, brilliant about that, that song. Okay, so, so next you time you listen to it, sorry, Stu, and Al, next time you all listen right? to it, Listen to it from the perspective of love and understanding rather than protest and rioting. Ah, true. I did find something about one of my songs that was a really interesting story about the meanings of it, and I haven't written it down because I just thought <laughs> I should have. But Stu, do you want me to go next? I'll give you my top, my no, third. No, no, I'll go next, mate. Go on, then. You can piss off. <laughs> uh, my number three is I Heard It Through the Grapevine by Marvin Gaye. <laughs> good choice, good choice. Mm -hmm. So this was released October the 30th, 1968 on the Tamla label and it was written by Norman Whitfield and Barrett Strong. It was on a Levi's advert. And it was on a Levi's advert, yeah. Yeah. It's probably on a lot of things, to be fair. Is that your only fact, Stu? <laughs> I did. That. Chris has made the effort and then you... I, I haven't <laughs> got any, like, stories about uh, grapevines or anything, but never mind. All right, well, I'll go with my, my number three then. I've got facts, hang on. Oh, oh, sorry, go on then, go on then. <laughs> uh, so it placed as at number 80 on Rolling Stone magazine's 500 Greatest Songs of All Time. Mm -hmm. uh, this song was actually originally recorded by The Miracles, and it was also released by Gladys Knight and the Pips as well. Uh, and it spent seven weeks at the top of the US Billboard Pop Singles chart. Nice. Making it one of the uh, best ever selling songs from the Motown label. When I was sort of researching the songs, it's, you see how many great songs that Marvin Gaye had that you kind of yes. don't really necessarily think about. But then when you hear them and you realise it is Marvin Gaye, because I've got Marvin Gaye on mine, but none of the, not the song that you've just picked. So, Could you do a top three Marvin Gaye I think they, Yeah, I think that's going to have to be a future Probably, yeah. one. It's, <laughs> it'd be easy, easily to, easy to choose from. Okay, so for my number three, I've got uh, You Keep Me Hanging On by The Supremes. Oh, um, yes. It's, you know what, it's, it's a so song that snuck in. I heard it twice yesterday 
uh, really oddly, it was on the playlist that I was listening to, and then I put the radio on, and it came on the radio. So I thought, oh, that's just a sign. That's a sign that I've got to pick it. Um, it was 1966. Um, it was uh, it was re-recorded by Kim Wilde in 1997. That's a good fact, isn't it? For some reason, I've written down imagine. I've written down World Cup, and I don't know why. Oh, <laughs> she was in I think she recorded it um, about the England team that won the 1966 World Cup. I think that was. It's not true. Uh... So I haven't got any good facts. Um, but it was also in. Um, Remy and Michelle's High School Reunion, the film, if you're interested. Classic. I tried Classic. to link all of mine to films because the other two choices are from films that I really like. And I have seen Rem- Remy and Michelle's High School Reunion. I don't know if you've both seen it. Yeah, I've seen it. It's got Phoebe from Friends in it. No, not, not no. for me. <laughs> but yeah, that's, yeah all I've, good. that's all I've got for it. But I just really like that song. <laughs> My facts are shit. Good song, shit reasons. <laughs> yeah, but it's a great song. Right, Chris, your second one? So, um, my second one was Stu's third, which is Heard It Through the Grapevine by Martin ah. Gay. Um, Have you got any better facts than me? Uh, no, I've, I've got a couple of the facts that you said, so I'm not going to repeat them. Um, but the, I mean, ultimately, who doesn't love a, a really uplifting song about betrayal? Um, the, I think, I think for me in this song, Marvin's voice has just got that, just such an amount of pain in it. And it's just such an instantly recognizable track. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, And, um, linking into a film, it's in the opening credits of the big chill, which is a classic movie from the early eighties with uh, Jeff Goldblum and assorted other eighties stars. (laughs) Oh, that's a great show. Well, that's yeah. it. No, no more great facts. Stu stole my facts. Yeah. But your fact was better. So, Stu, pick it up. Come on. What's your number two, Stu? Right. Uh, Stones Love by the Supremes. I can't think how that goes. Sing a little bit, Stu. <laughs> Stone Love. I can't give it. I can't because my, <laughs> my voice is still a bit poor. From uh, COVID. <laughs> <laughs> It's, your voice has almost got an arousing huskiness to it, Stu. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm not, I, can't, I said I'm, almost. <laughs> I can't think of that song. I'm going to have to listen to it after the uh, podcast. There's the song we play out to then. Yeah. Uh, right, so October the 15th, 1970 was the date of the release on the Motown label. This was written by Kenny Thomas and Frank Wilson. One of the facts about this, Kenny Thomas was only 17 at the time when he wrote the song. He was discovered by Frank Wilson on a talent show on a local radio station. He went to his house. He was like, play me one of your songs. He played him this. Mm-hmm. And then it went from there, basically. Uh, it reached number seven on the Billboard charts, becoming the Supreme's final top ten single ever. And it was written as a plea for love and peace to end conflict and animosity between each other, uh, specifically from the Vietnam War. It wasn't a song about drugs, as many believed it was. Fair enough. Uh, This was sang on lead by Gene Terrell, who replaced Diana Ross uh, in 1970. And this was, uh, she sang lead on the track. And we had Mary Wilson and Cindy Birdsong making up the rest of the band 
of the Supremes. Well done. I, I yeah, still don't I'm know what gonna... it is. I'm going to go and listen to that song afterwards. So I'm, I'm, it's, it's probably one that I'm sure it's one I've heard. But I just can't remember it right now. Good song. You've heard of it, Chris, yeah? I have heard it. Yeah. Many, many times. Although apparently when they, when they were in the process of recording, it was labelled Stone... The, originally it was called Stone Love. Mm. But I think there was like a little typo on on the labelling. And then it's like stuck from there or something like that. I'd have to Fair check enough. that, of course. So my number two, I've gone with uh, a song by Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell, Ain't No Mountain High Enough. He did a few of her, didn't he? Yeah. As I say, it's, it was from 1967. And I picked it because it's at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy. Not just because of that, because <laughs> it's a great song, but it's also I love Guardians of the Galaxy. It's at the end when they're all about to fly off on their spaceship at the end. I just think it's a, a really good song. Uh, it, was, it was up there. It was probably going to be my number one, but something overtook my number one. Um, it was re-recorded by Diana Ross and the Supremes in 1968, uh, I think, and then re-recorded again just by Diana Ross in 1970. I find it quite interesting that a lot of the Motown songs like by big artists were then re-recorded and re-released by other big artists. It, and you noticed a lot with that. Like I think we've spoken on a couple of earlier ones as well that we we're saying about that they just seem to be re-released by other artists. Like there was just new, you know, other people took them on and stuff like that. I thought that was quite strange. I think a lot of the Motown tracks were, you know, if, if one artist didn't want to record it or release it, it got passed around amongst the group in a quite nepotistic yeah. way. Yeah. Um, and, and you're right. Yeah, there was so many covers from so many of the Motown classic songs over the years. Yeah. Um, because the Diana Ross version is, is excellent as well, but I just think the, the Marvin Gaye song was, the Marvin Gaye version was the best, uh, the best of the two, really. For me, anyway. So that's, uh, yeah, no interesting facts about that. Sorry. So, yeah, I'll move on to Chris. You're number one. Number one for me. Al, you're going to have to listen to it now because it's Stoned Love by the Supremes. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, one of my one of my favourite songs ever. So Stu's covered quite a few of the facts that I was going to uh, bring to the table. Thanks for that, Stu. Um, I don't. I can't remember now. It was only a few minutes ago. But so it was the last Billboard Pop Top Ten that the Supremes had, but it reached number one in the R and B charts in oh. 1970. Um, like Stu said, Gene Terrell was the lead singer. It was one of only two songs by the Supremes that was in the top 10 that Gene Terrell was lead singer on. A couple of additional facts then. Barry Gordy is alleged to have hated the song. Yeah. And the, the reason I've heard it so many times and I love it so much is because my favourite band of all time play this when they come on stage, which is the Stone Roses. Ah. Um, Stu, as you were talking, you were talking about Kenny Thomas playing it. Yeah. When, he'd, when, it, when it was written, um, a fact that you didn't pick up on, which is disappointing, was that he played it on a guitar that only had two strings. Two strings. Yes, I forgot to write that down. I just remembered and, that. Um, and it was initially, it struggled to get airplay because of the word stoned in its title and everyone's interpretation that it must be a song about drugs. Yeah. But yeah, an absolute banger, as the kids would say. In the 90s. <laughs> PJ and Duncan would say. Yeah. We said no PJ and Duncan for this. 
Go on then, Stu, give us your number one. My number one is Reach Out, I'll Be There by The Four Tops. Good song. Now, this is a banger, if you pardon <laughs> the pun. Released August the 18th, 1966. What a year. Uh, on the Motown label again. And it was written by the trio Holland, Dozier Holland. And recorded at Hitsville, USA, the Motown headquarters. Hitsville. In Studio A. <laughs> Why do we need to know? No, have you ever, good have you ever seen this building? Like Hitsville, USA is literally like a house in a street in Detroit. And oh, this really? is basically Motown headquarters. So you'd have you'd have artists in there like every other week. So people have witnessed all these like famous Motown singers and bands just coming in and out every every week, which would have been amazing to live there, I guess. But, uh, some facts anyway became Motown's second UK chart topper after Baby Love by the Supremes. Uh, it was used by Joe Biden during his campaign for the 2020 US president presidential election. And also this song was covered by Diana Ross and Gloria Gaynor. Ah, two big names. Mm. Excellent. So what does everyone think about that song? Yeah, I like Great it. Choice. Yeah, it's good to, yeah. It's not, oh, it's not in my top three, but, you know, good song. Right, my number one. Now, as soon as you came up with this, dude, this, was, this one was my number one from the start. It's the only one that stayed in the list the whole time, and it's Let's Get It On by Marvin Gaye. It's just such a good song, and one of the reasons that it's one of my favourite songs is that one of my favourite books to film books to film is high fidelity and uh, Jack Black sings mm. let's get it on at the end. And it's just such a good ending to the film. And it's, and he does it justice as well. Jack Black at, at the end of that film, he did he, do a good, version, he did a good, yeah. good version, obviously not near, not as good as Marvin Gaye. Um, so this song was released in 1973 and it was a plea um, by Marvin Gaye for sexual liberation. There you go. I found something, it's found something about it. Um, but it was uh, it was co-written with producer Ed Townsend, who actually um, wanted the song as a oh god it was he he, he had a religious um, angle to the song, and I don't think oh I can't remember I'm not going to try and make up whether he was happy or not about it, but yeah he kind of taken a religious view of the song and Marvin Gaye wanted a sexual liberation so different opinions there is nice uh also john landau called it a classic motown song there you go what more do you need i could make up some things for it if you like no it would have been yeah. nice if you actually found out about that uh religious part though yeah i did read about it and i thought it was quite interesting but i didn't write it down because i thought i didn't want to write too much stuff down sorry <laughs> I am going to try harder next week for the. Maybe just of... um, me and Chris do top three from now on. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't had a lot of research on mine for ages, though. It's like to rush it along. But yeah, what do you so, think of the song? Do you like the song? Yeah, great song. I'll tell you what, yeah, it's, I, think, yeah. I think it's probably what a lot of people say um, every two weeks on a Friday. They say there's still an Alpods on, and someone will say, yeah, let's get it on. Get get it on the player. Fuck's Do sake. you say that, Chris? 
Uh, I've never said it. I never will say it. <laughs> no, normally, when I see the Stu and Alpat Al pod is on, I tweet you something offensive. <laughs> yeah, true, yeah, true. We look forward to it every week, <laughs> every other week, even. Uh, so, Stuart, have we got any? Uh, have we got any social media? Anybody sending any? Oh, we got plenty of socials, mate. Plenty, plenty of socials. socials. We'll start from the uh, as we always do, regular Gav. Yeah. Now he's picked "Please, Mr. Postman" by the Marvelettes. Okay. Uh, Super Freak by Rick James. Mm-hmm. And All Night Long by Lionel Richie. Yeah. It's a good song. Opinions, everyone there? <laughs> I'd have picked Hello by Lionel Richie just for that music video. Okay. Next, Keza G90. She's picked I Want You Back, Jackson 5. My Guy, Mary Wells. And What Becomes of the Broken Hearted, Jimmy Ruffin. Fair enough. Uh, Haze on Fire. She's gone for Superstition by Stevie Wonder. That was one that and, I I had in my top three for a while. Yeah. And Ain't No Mountain High Enough and I Heard It Through the Grapevine, both by Marvin Gaye. Mm-hmm. He has proved popular this, uh, this episode. Uh, Brendo Dran. He's picked Sugar Pie, I Can't Help Myself, Four Tops. Yeah. Sugar Pie, Only Bunch, isn't it? Um, you Can't Hurry Love by The Supremes, Tracks of My Tears by The Miracles. Yeah. Not bad. KTR, Ain't No Mountain High Enough, Diana Ross and The Supremes. Money, That's What I Want, Barrett Strong. And Dancing in the Street, Mark from the Vandellas. Yeah. Pat Hood, Needed in a Haystack, The Velvets. This Old Heart of Mine, The Eilid Brothers. And Heaven Must Have Sent You by The Elgins. Fair enough. Excellent. Is that everyone? Two more. Bernard Jetski, My Girl by The Temptations. I Can't Get Next to You, The Temptations, Superstition, Stevie Wonder. Mm-hmm. And Loretta Hood, My Girl by The Temptations, Dancing in the Street, Martha Reeves and the Vandellas. And Do I Love You by Frank Wilson, who we mentioned Excellent. earlier. Thank you. Do you remember the um, David Bowie and uh, Mick Jagger version of Dancing uh, in the Street? No, no <laughs> Do you... I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember the music video? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Worst thing ever made. Yeah, that was hilarious. That music video. If you've never seen that, listeners, go and watch uh, the Dancing in the Street music video. Um, it's absolutely hilarious. God knows how it got made. It was just ridiculous. <laughs> okay, thank you for your contributions. Um, so on the next episode, it is my choice for top three, and I would like. I've made an easy one for us, Stu. Made an easy one. My next top three is your top three non-alcoholic. Fizzy drinks. Fizzy pop. Yeah, fizzy pop. Fizzy pop. So if you have got a top three um, non-alcoholic fizzy drink, get in contact with us. We are stewandalpod at gmail.com or you can catch us on social media at stewandalpod. That is Twitter and Instagram. Okay, Chris, that's a, a good top three for you to think about for two weeks' time. You, I'm, I'm sure you, you, your mind is racing already. It, it is. I've already got my number one. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. that's a difficult one. Pepsi or Coke? Mm. No. <laughs> by, by fizzy, I presume you just mean carbonated. Yeah, carbonated. I was going to say carbonated, but I, didn't, I, I don't think Stu knows that whoa, word. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's not make it complicated. Let's <laughs> just stick to two syllables, please. <laughs> yeah, so anything like Pepsi, Coke... The thing, the thing is, I'm far too middle class to have fizzy pop in the house. So yeah. my number one is Perrier. 
I don't think we should be allowed. <laughs> I don't think we should be allowed Perrier, to be Perrier water. with a twisted lemon and Perrier with a oh, twisted yeah. lime. That's my top three. <laughs> Done. Save you a job next week. Out. <laughs> we'll just record that and then snip it and put it in next week. It'll right. be fine. Pick something else, Al. <laughs> no, it took me ages to think of that top, one. Top three toes. Toes? <laughs> yeah. Big toe, little toe, middle toe. Done. Cardboard Next. box. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, Chris, uh, it's been a pleasure having you on, mate. Thanks for having me, guys. It's It's been fun. And as as a lot of um, people on podcast say, have you got anything you'd like to plug before before you leave? Um, my butt. <laughs> <laughs> and on that bombshell, thank you, Chris, for, <laughs> for coming into the... Stu and Al Pod Towers and uh, recording with us. So that was top three, and now it is time for 90s Corner. No, 90s Corner. So in each episode, Stu and I drag something from the 90s, and we both talk about it, and we say, hey, that was Shagadelic, baby. Never and- said that. <laughs> or we would say it's not shagadelic, baby. <laughs> not the diver. Um, and if if it's uh, if we think it's great, it gets swept into nineties corner. But if we both think it's shit, yeah, there's a sweeping noise. If we both think it's shit, it gets sold off in the Leicester Mercury or Lincoln equivalent. Still, I think yeah, I want be you slag. Get in that court. Get in that paper, you slag. Still, I think I went first last week, so I'd ask you to go first this week, please. Okay. I have chosen the 1992 hit Sister Act. Oh, all right. Okay. Go on, tell us a little bit more. Convince me. So, for those who have not seen it, um, Whoopi Goldberg witnesses a murder by her boyfriend in a casino, and she is then placed in witness protection by uh, the cop, uh, Lieutenant Salder, yeah. in a convent. So she's hiding out with these nuns. Only uh, Maggie Smith knows about it, though. Ugh. She's, like, bored as fucking there, and then they're just like, you can join the choir. It's like a punishment. She teaches them to sing, but then she teaches them, like, popular music, too, which Maggie Smith doesn't like. She's like, bitch. I was in the secret garden, that don't wash for me. And Whoopi's like, yeah, but I like singing like this, so deal with it. And then comedy and shoes were out for 90 minutes. I was watching it on Disney Plus earlier. And then um, I stopped halfway through. <laughs> but, uh, it was time to record. Fair enough. Uh, I've, not seen, <clears throat> I've not seen it for absolute years. It, I can't even yeah. remember the last time I saw it. But I do remember that I did quite like it. Whoopi Goldberg was good in it. Yeah, some good characters. So, yeah, Stu, sweep it in. Sweep it in. Already, I was going to give you some facts. Oh, yeah, give (laughs) us some facts about it. Go on. Uh, Bette Midler was originally cast for the lead. Oh, shame. Um, But she dropped out, and then they changed the script a bit, and Whoopi came on, changed the character's name, changed the scene setting as well from... Whoopi! Is it Detroit true that... to San Francisco, something like that? Oh, yeah. Is it true, Stu, that um, <coughs> Whoopi Goldberg invented the uh, Whoopi cushion? No, that was Peter Cushion. 
Uh, in between takes, some of the actors would stay in their nun outfits and go to the casinos and gamble and drink, just oh. to mess with people, the locals. And uh, Whoopi actually appeared in the stage version in London. Do you know what the stage version of Sister Act was called? Uh, act Sister. No, Sister Act, uh. the musical. Um, I'd just also like to apologise. If you can hear any bangs, it's not because I live in a war zone. It's because it's bonfire night. And there's bloody fireworks going off everywhere. <laughs> yeah. I forgot it was the fifth today. I thought it was the fourth. I was wondering why they were going off. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, I'll sweep it in, shall sweep I? Sweep it in. Yeah, well then. <coughs> <coughs> oh, he's off. He's gone. <laughs> 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 Can you sweep it in? <laughs> shh, shh, shh. Stu, you ready for mine? All right, go on. What would your response be if I was to do this? What's up? <laughs> then I'd probably start coughing again. Yeah, don't try it. So It's the uh, Bud, Budweiser advert, yeah? It's the Budweiser advert, Stu. Yeah. It's up to you on this one because it was 1999 and it was actually during a Monday night football game, an American Monday night football, on December the 20th, 1999. Yeah, that's the 90s, isn't it? Yeah, I know. It's just right at the end of the 90s, but I thought I'd, I'd, I'd do it. Well, we've had the Matrix. That was 99. Yeah. Are you happy to sweep that in? Excellent. <clears throat> Can I do it one more time? Yeah. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> I think you got no, you got no facts about it, no. Well, no, of course not. He <laughs> advertised Budweiser. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Right, cheers, John. Sweep that in. <laughs> so, Stu, do we have any uh, social medias for the nineties? Yes, we did. Uh, actually, two people have suggested the same thing. Yeah. So, Keza G Knighty and Loretta Hood both suggested the Pringles in a tub. Yes. I remember having one of those at school. Put the Pringles inside. Yep, sweep that in. Good, good. Uh, Chris Conrath, he's suggested men behaving badly. Yes, definitely. (laughs) Men behaving badly. Uh, regular Gav. Oh, we didn't start with Regular Gav. Oh, no, he won't like that. Uh, regular Gav, he's picked Wackaday. Um, yeah. But that's, that started in 1985. Oh, so, so no. Sorry, Gav. No. He is not an 80s corner. He's got as much, as, he, as much in as he's got out. Just like his trousers. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Brendel Tron. <laughs> Brendel Tron. Brendotron, yeah. He's picked Banana Bubbles. It was the cereal that thinks it's a milkshake. I have no idea what that is. Same. So, I can't sweep it in if it's if we've not heard of it. No. Sorry, sorry, Brendan. Sorry. So, two in, two out. Two in, two out. Said that to a bishop. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so if you've got anything that you'd like to submit to 90s Corner... Why not get in contact? We are at Stu and Alpod on Twitter and Instagram, or we are Stu and Alpod at gmail.com. If you want to send us an email, get in contact. Tell us your 90s. So that was 90s Corner, and now it is time for Frankly, My Dear, I Don't Give a Damn. Frankly, My Dear, I Don't Give a Damn. Frankly, My Dear, this is the part where Al, every week, 
picks a scene from a TV show or movie and has it recreated with a character or a celebrity or a former lollipop man. Oh, could have been, could have been. So this week, this week I have got a lovely quote and a character. Now I've added three words to the end of the film quote, so it might give you a bit of an idea of the character who it's who I'm doing the voice from. Okay, ready? I wish I knew how to quit you, but I can't. (laughs) (laughs) Any idea? So the the quote is actually just, I wish I knew how to quit you. But I've added in. But I can't. At the end. Is it that um, big thing? Uh, You know, the big ventriloquist bird? Yeah, what was his name? Oh, bloody hell. We're the... Um, I can't remember. Oh, it was Orville the Duck. Orville, fuck that, yeah. yeah. I don't know what it's. I don't know what the quit you thing is. Uh, it's from Broke Back, Broke Back Mountain. Oh, yeah. I've only seen that once. Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, um, but Stu, actually, talking about Orville the Duck, uh, I have actually got a bit of audio of um, Keith Harris and Orville the Duck on Live and Kicking. Um, but it was never really shown because of the language that was used. I don't know if you want me to play it. Obviously. <laughs> uh, I'll just give you the tape. <laughs> Click. Hello, children. It's me, Keith Harris. And I've got Orville here. Say hello, Orville. Hello, Orville. <laughs> no, you... St- Say hello to the children, Orville. Hello, children. And now, Orville, why don't you sing your song to the children? <laughs> Okay, go on then. <laughs> I wish I could fly right up to the sky, but I can't. You can? I can't. You can? I can't. You can, you stupid bastard bird. Oh, fuck. I fucking hate you all, but you've just ruined my career. I were better off without you. Oh, I'm sorry, Keith. Please, Keith. Shut up. I'll make you fucking fly over. I'll stick a rocket up your ass. Oh, no. I- I'm with your voice over so you can shut your mouth. <laughs> oh no, I'm sorry, Keith. Don't lock me in that shed again. Please, please. Oh, fuck off, Orville. And then that's where the audio ends. <laughs> <laughs> you might actually kill me this week. <laughs> um, I hope you'll bag of nails and shit later. <laughs> it is, don't worry. <laughs> So as oh, to cops on, um, we'll move on from Frankly My Dear, I Don't Give a Damn, and we'll go into Stu's feature, which is In the News. In each episode, Stu tells us two news stories. One that he's found in a newspaper or online or on social media. And the other one that he's written with his own delicate hands. <laughs> <laughs> He'll also delicate. tell us some sports results, the weather, traffic, whatever else fucking pops into his melon head. <laughs> melon? Having a joke in. Smaller than yours. <laughs> Mine's just fatter. <laughs> <clears throat> right, go on then, Stu. Give us your stories. Hello, my name is Stu, and here is the news. Here are your headlines. 
painkillers to be replaced in zoo after paracetamol. Oh, fuck's sake. Manhunt for Star Wars fan called off after police were searching in Alderaan places. <laughs> Man steals bread from a shop. Police say it's the yeast of their worries at the moment. Story <laughs> number one. Three railroad workers, that's a mouthful, have been accused of creating a man cave underneath New York's Grand Central Station. Mm. Um, the three workers found a storage room under one of the tracks there and filled it with a TV, fridge, microwave and a futon sofa. Uh, investigators from the Metropolitan Transportation Authority, or the MTA to me and you, well, you know, those yeah. in the know. Of course. Uh, <clears throat> said it appears the employees, a wireman and two foremen, used their uh, n- newly built man cave when they were supposed to be working. Uh, when the MTA were tipped off about the room in February 2019, the snitch said the workers would hang out, get drunk and party all the time. The room has been deemed a fire hazard as it was unmapped and rescue workers would not know where they were hiding if, if there was a fire or anything like that. So it's been ruled as a fire hazard now. Uh, the workers have been suspended without pay until the disciplinary hearing. So, yeah, it's a bit weird yeah. one, isn't it? Yeah. I tried to open a bar in a cave once as well. But um, the police stopped me saying it was illegal to sell alcohol to minors. <laughs> Very clever. Story number two. Uh, <laughs> you might like this one. Huh? This is a good one. Police were called to Chepstow Racecourse this week after a series of secret races were to be held without anyone knowing. Police found over 150 people at the venue and whipped off a series of fines of up to 10 grand. Sergeant <laughs> Gary Starter said, It's unbelievable people use. People are still trying to break the rules during lockdown. People think they can get away with it, but not for long. <laughs> As we slap the culprits with fines. A few, uh, a few of the people there have just had their say. Uh, Mickey Furrowbread said, <laughs> We've been treated harsh. The cops had a tip-off and we've been pulled up. I tried to get away, but I'm a non-runner and got caught. Karen Jockey added, <laughs> it makes no odds to me. I'm in, I'm in this paddock cell here under starters' orders. <laughs> but when I'm released, I'll do it all again somewhere else. I've had a right mare today. <laughs> Officer Phil Gallup added, oh, When will that? people learn? The virus is not a joke. All that attended here will be punished. Please, no photo. Finish and leave. <laughs> <clears throat> so, which is false and which is true? I'll leave this up to you. Well, I'm, I, I would say that the second one is made up. There were so many puns in that. There's so many puns. I can tell you've been fucking stuck in a room all week. Just <laughs> the amount of puns that are in that one. <laughs> There's more to come yet. Uh, yeah, story number two was uh, made up by me today when I was watching horse racing on ITV4. Oh, exciting. <clears throat> hmm. Not today, sorry. Saturday I did all that. Uh, yeah, so you were right. Well done. Excellent. You want a bit of sport? Sport? Yeah, go on. Give me a bit of sport. Okay, in, uh, in squash, 
Mavis Rybina beat Kia Aura 18 12 in the final. <laughs> that was after an extended drinks break. And uh, in baseball, home run <laughs> the winning hit for the Red Sox. And it was, <laughs> it was high drama in the lawn bowls, the semi final today, when someone in the crowd woke up. Oh, poor old people. <laughs> bit, of tra- bit of traffic update for you now. There's heavy traffic building up on Jewel Carriage Way. <laughs> Fuck's sake. <clears throat> and there's been a collision on a motorway. I don't know which one. But speaking of that, actually, a few years ago, I, um, I regained consciousness from a car crash. And the doctors were trying to tell me I was a Swedish man who had lost his identity. I said, forget that, mate. I wasn't Bjorn yesterday. <laughs> Weather for the week will be eventful. <laughs> oh, yes, please. <laughs> and that's the news. Well done, Stu. <laughs> that's the best in the news ever. You need to be ill more often. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <clears throat> right, so that was in the news. And now it is time for Buster Mind. In each episode, me and Stu are given a subject by each other, and we have to answer five questions on that subject. Now, like Mastermind, it is a chosen subject, but we make it bastard-y. Mastermind. (laughs) And we give each other the horrible subjects. So last week, I gave Stuart the subject of Donald Trump Jr. And Stu, you gave me the topic of... Uh, the reign of Henry VIII. The reign of Henry VIII. Okay, Stu, I think you answered questions first last time, so why don't you give me your questions first this time? Okay. Alex, your chosen subject was the reign of Henry VIII, and your time starts Hold on. now. Was it the reign of Henry VIII and not just Henry VIII? Yeah, the reign. Oh, I'm fucked then. <laughs> that, whole, that whole bit on Wikipedia of like... Um, yeah. Early years and I born. just read about Henry VIII. <laughs> that's not going to come up. All right. I'm, I'm going to get this then. Go ahead. Okay, I'll, question number one. Uh, the years of reign for, the, for Henry VIII. Oh, I knew this. <clears throat> um, 1509 to 1547. Correct. Well yes! <laughs> uh, how old was he when he became king? 18. 17. Oh, bollocks! I'm, I didn't look at... I just read the years of... Oh, ball bag. Uh, the Treaty of London was signed in what year? 1514. 1518. Ah. Uh, name of the name of Henry's fourth wife? Anna Cleves. Correct. And the house of Henry VIII? Tudor. Yes, Tudor. Three! Actually, scored three. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> seen as, I didn't, as soon as I looked at the wrong fucking Wikipedia page, <laughs> that's not bad, that is it? Right, Stu, are you ready for your subject, Donald Trump Jr.? Question uh, one: How old is Donald Trump Jr.? Hang on, one sec. Forty-two. Correct. I remember he was seventy-seven. I was trying to work yeah. it out. <laughs> Which university did Donald Trump Jr. attend? 
Penn. Yeah, University of Pennsylvania, correct. Well done. Question three, what is his wife's name? He's not married anymore, he's divorced. Okay, what was his ex-wife's name? Oh, flipping hell. Uh, I can't remember. I can tell you they were married for 17 years, but I can't remember her name. Oh, hang on, no, wait, it's... um. Briona or something like that? Vanessa Hayden. Ah, shit. <laughs> what is Donald Trump Jr.'s job role in the Trump organisation? Chief bullshitter. <laughs> He's executive vice president. And finally, who was Donald Trump Jr.'s role model as a boy? His grandfather. Correct. Well done. He used um, to stay with him in the Czech Republic and go fishing and camping with him. Yeah, his name was Milos or Milos Zelenicek. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I read that one today. <laughs> Booker doodle do, you've scored three as well. Out the bag. I can't believe we've drawn again. We're going to draw again, aren't we? Because we're not going to get the fucking tiebreak questions. Fucking no, I think, I think you should get the tiebreak. If you don't, if you know it, <clears throat> if you know the thing for it, then you'll get it. All right. Go on then. Your, your, your tiebreak is to name all six wives. So, Anacles... Doesn't have to be in, doesn't have to be in order. Yeah. Anacles, which you said before. Anne Boleyn. Yeah. Um... <laughs> um, oh, for fuck's sake. Um, Catherine of Aragon. Yeah. Um... Um, Catherine something it's another Catherine I'm not going to get them still I'm not going to get them okay I'll tell you them in order Catherine of Aragon yeah Anne Boleyn Anne Boleyn fuck's sake Jane Seymour Anne of Cleves Catherine Howard Catherine Parr yeah (coughs) bollocks right your tiebreak question where did Donald Trump Jr. move to after he graduated from university, it's the it, um, the town and state. Um, was this where he was like bartending and stuff? I don't know. I didn't read that much into it. Yeah, but yeah, it wasn't Colorado, was it? It was Colorado, but I do want the town in Colorado that he moved to. Aspen. Oh yes, well done, yes. <laughs> oh, mate. We're learning, Stu. We're learning. We got. Yeah, I don't want to remember any of that Trump stuff. <laughs> well done. Well, so finally, we have a winner of Bastermind, and that winner is Stu. Well done, Stu. So next, in the next episode, Stu, have you got my topic for the next episode? Yeah. <laughs> well, then. Your topic next episode, I'll be the career of Foster and Alan. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, Stu, today, as I was walking, I was walking down the street, I saw something walk across in front of me, which I've not seen for a while, and it gave me an idea for your topic. So your topic for the next episode is hedgehogs. What? <laughs> what about them? Just hedgehogs. They have got a Wikipedia page. Hedgehogs? Yep, hedgehogs. Okay. <laughs> okay. So that was Bastermind, and now it is time for Tales of the Bag of Nails. Uh, every week, or every other week, me and Al go down the landing, 
London town. London. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Sorry. We take it in turns going to London uh, to our favourite pub, the Bag of Nails, where we in turn meet a famous patron of that pub who tells us everything he likes about the best bar in London. Mm-hmm. So this this week, this Steve, week you went. Yeah, this week. Um, I actually decided to try and talk to a member of staff down there. And I actually spoke to the head chef. Say head chef. He just microwaves most of the meals. Um, <laughs> but it's a man called Alan Beardsley. Guess where he's from? Newcastle? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Alan Beardsley's been the head chef to, uh, at, at the Bag and Ales for about 17 years, I think he, think he has been. But he wanted right. to tell me a couple of things about um, about food and stuff like that. So, um, so, so I'll, I'll pass you the tape and we'll we'll play it. This should be good. <laughs> Click. <clears throat> oh, yeah, right there, man. Yeah, yeah, right there, laddie. <laughs> Fucking hell, that's not right, is it? Hold on. Where are you going? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, yeah, right. Yeah, not so bad, late, man. Is this for what's his name? Stuart, is it? Oh, hello, Stuart, man. My name is Alan Beardsley. I know what you're thinking, man. I've got the same name as Alan Shearer and as well as Peter Beardsley, a couple of canny lads from up the Toon Lake. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, Stuart, I thought I'd tell you a little bit about my career, doing not this bag of nails. So, one of the first years when I worked here, Stuart Man, right, we made the world's biggest pizza base, right? Oh, man, I'd love to see somebody top it. (laughs) 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 I once got, uh, a couple of years ago, when people are starting to be healthy, like, I got this woman in that made smoothies, and I tell you what, man, they made me think of heaven. They made me think that heaven is a place on earth. Her name was Blender Carlisle. <laughs> oh, the other week, right, um, people were complaining about the prices of pelican curry that I was doing, right? I mean, it tasted okay, but that, I have to admit that the bill was massive. <laughs> pelican curry. <laughs> We've got a local florist who comes in here, right, and he's, uh, he's, he doesn't like his butter. But he's not in the floor either. <laughs> oh. <laughs> a bloke the other week, right, Stuart Man asked that they get impatient in here and he was asking for fish and chips. I said it won't be long. And he said, Well, it better be wide then. Hey, <laughs> 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 uh, a couple of uh, as I say about healthy things. I've started using a vegetable patch here. I've started using one. Well, it stops me craving carrots and that, doesn't it? Some people, Stuart, mate, and there's some people in here that just want basic food and they're asking us to get a toasted sandwiches in, but the management, they didn't want toasted sandwiches. I'm in the middle, you know, I'm playing Breville's advocate. <laughs> 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 the place where we get the meat from, Stuart. It's a factory in the Rodri, and they tried to sell us the other week a couple of venison for two hundred pound. I said, "I'm not having that, man. That sounds like too dear." 
Uh, yeah, right, anyway, Stuart, before I go, man, right, this bloke, right, he comes in and he says, hey, you're a chef, aren't you, man, like? And I says, aye, I am. And he says, hey, have you heard the rumour going around about peanut butter? I said, no. He said, well, I'm not going to tell you. You'll only spread it. Fucking hell. <laughs> anyway, Stuart, man, I've got to go. There's a couple of blokes in the kitchen and they've got these two pieces of meat on this piece of wire in the kitchen. But it's, re- it's out of reach, man. And they were saying, I bet you 10 pounds you can't reach that. I said, no, man, the stakes are too high. <laughs> see, you, see you later, man. How are the tune? Bye. Oh. Well, the, deliv- the delivery in that last joke was phenomenal. Yeah, it was, isn't it? <laughs> so, in a couple of weeks, that was good. Stu's going to break lockdown and head down to London Town to the Bag of Nails and bring us another character. At least it won't be another fucking Borealis brother. Unless it's the dad or mum. Don't give me any ideas. <laughs> so anyway, that was the Bag of Nails and now it is time for Arnie Improves Things. In each episode, Stu manages to find tapes of Arnie improving things. I say tapes. He looks through an After Eights box. You got no After Eights box, Stu? No. No, you'll have to go and get one at some point. Hmm. So, Stu, what's Arnie improving this week? This week, how Arnie's improving the news. Oh, lovely stuff. Bit of a bit of spin there. We'll go with the um, 10 o'clock news on BBC One. Excellent. Right, here's your tape then. Okay. Click. Good evening. This is Arnold McDonald. (laughs) And here are your headlines. I will not be in the sequel to Kindergarten Cop. It's not a rumor. Uh, (laughs) My new mountaineering book will be out soon called Get to the Topper. And security guard catches Chewbacca. <laughs> they were shouting, put the Wookiee down. <laughs> Stick around for more headlines after the break. I'll be back. <laughs> Short and sharp one there, Stu. I imagine that partly of that is because of your uh, voice and your cough. Very, very nice. Yeah, so- I had a few more. But I couldn't get them out. Yeah. It's too straining. Yeah, but you've not had a problem getting it out before. It'll <laughs> 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 anyway, be an extended Arnie next time. So, Stu, that brings us close to another episode. Um, but I, if mm. you've got anything to say, I want you to say it now because I've got a couple of bits at the end that I want to go through. Well, we've had an email. Oh, an email of the species. We've actually had an email this week as well. Have we? Yeah. Go on then. Uh, dear Stu and Al, uh, long-time listener, first-time emailer. It's weird yeah. how they all start the same, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's strange. It's like you're making them up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, dear, <laughs> dear Stu and Al, I have a job interview tomorrow. Uh, thing is, though, since last Saturday, as you all know, it was Halloween, um, I've had a Darth Vader mask stuck on my head. Um, should I just turn up wearing the mask or not turn up and just give the job up? The job is for a position with the local police force. But I can't really go there dressed as Darth. Your friend, Sif Lord. Oh, for 
fuck's sake. <laughs> so, I don't know. What do you reckon? I'll let you answer this one. Uh, just walk into the sea. <laughs> um, what he said. <laughs> so, before we go, Stu... Um, I thought, you know, we're getting to episode 14 now. We're not really seeing much back from this podcast. And I thought I'd try and monetize it. Maybe try and sell a bit of advertising space for the podcast. And I actually uh-huh. found two companies. They're up and coming companies that wanted to um, use a bit of our space for advertising. So I've got their two adverts. Now, there's no money in it, Stu, but they've basically offered us 5% of their business. So we'll get 5% of all their profits, which I thought was quite good. What do you think? Yeah. So I've, but I've got their two adverts for you now, if, that's, if you want me to play those on the podcast. Is this real? Yeah. <laughs> Good, because I'm getting a bit excited. I don't know if you're taking the piss. Right, are you ready for the first one? All right, go on. Yeah, I'll just pass you the tape for the first one. All right, yeah. Click. You want your bollocks washed? We <laughs> Let me press. Can you press play on the tape again? Rewind it. (laughs) Click. Do you want your bollocks washed? We at Barry's Bollock Washers will wash your bollocks for you. (laughs) Hot day, cold bodies. Night alone in front of telly, cold bodies. Doctor's appointment where they might stick their finger up your ass. Call buddies. If <laughs> we have all the things you need to wash bollocks, an old toothbrush and a scouring pad. Just to let you know that all our employees are on the sex offenders register. Call buddies bollock wash. <laughs> Everybody's <laughs> bollock washers today. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Sorry, <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen you laugh so much. <laughs> oh fuck! So yeah, Stu, we've got five percent in that business. I've got one more. I've got one more. If you're ready for it, yeah. <clears throat> okay. Here's the next advert. I'll give you the tape again. <laughs> Click. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to be able to get through it. <laughs> Do you want your tits weighed? We at Teddy's Tit Weighers will weigh your t- <laughs> will weigh your tits for you. We will weigh both women's and men's tits, and we will weigh them accurately. Just pop your tits in. <laughs> Just pop your tits in my hands and I will weigh them for you. Do you need them for your CV? I'll weigh your tits for you. Do you need them for the page three shoot? I'll weigh your tits for you. Are you a fat bloke who wants to know how much your tits weigh? I'll weigh them for you. Just to let you know that all employees at Jenny's Titwayers are all on the sex offenders register. <laughs> Call Jenny's Titwayers today. <laughs> <laughs> I 
imagine, imagine if you will, me driving around in my car, say, saying that out loud to myself. Because <laughs> that's what happens. Okay, <laughs> now. Right. So, still, we've got five percent in those companies. Pretty good, isn't it? I think they'll, I think they'll go far. I'm really looking forward to it. We've also um, got, we have also got I, Stu. Um, we've also got a voucher um, for one free bollock wash from Barry's <laughs> Bollock Washers. <laughs> so <laughs> that's good, isn't it? Can't wait. I'll go for a jog before I go. Yeah. <laughs> right. If you want to get in contact with us, send us your 90s corner mm. or your top three. We are at Stu and Al Pod on Instagram and Twitter, or we are Stu and Al Pod at gmail.com if you want to send us an email. So we'll see you later. Goodbye. Say bye, See Stu. Ya. Bye. Bye. Stop.